by. We'll be streaming live soon. Rosa de Good evening, everyone, or good afternoon, whatever, good morning, whatever time you find this. Um, my name's Andy Hines. I work with uh, Rick Bonfim Ministries, helping Rick uh, do the teaching and do some uh, uh, rather interesting discussions on various biblical topics. Tonight, we're going to be delving into... Uh, the parable of the sower. We've been doing this now for several uh, sessions, and um, tonight uh, we want to review uh, Mark chapter five, the story of Jairus and his daughter. Last session, if you'll remember, we we talked about um, the woman with the issue of blood, uh, how she. Uh, believed and spoke and acted on what she believed and her faith healed her. Um, we know that the enemy uses five things. Uh, affliction, persecution, the deceitfulness of riches, uh, thorns and thistles, cares and anxiety, and lust, uh, which is pressure on the five physical senses. Those are his weapons that he uses. Uh, and Jesus has put out the word of God and this situation with Jairus is going to be a classic example of how the parable of the sower works. Now, I'm going to be reading from the uh, modern English version. The last time we were together, we went through uh, these scriptures, and we're going to talk to them right now. We're going to read them again in uh, the modern English version. So I'm going to start here in chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus had crossed again by the boat to the other side, many people gathered to him, and he was beside the sea. And one of the rulers of the synagogue, named Jairus, saw Jesus and came and fell at his feet and earnestly asked him, My little daughter is lying at the point of death. I ask you to come lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and many people followed him and pressed in on him. Uh, the, the woman with the issue of blood shows up, and Jesus takes care of that, and we move on to verse 35. Uh, Jesus had just told this woman that her faith had healed her. And while he was still speaking, some came from the house of the synagogue ruler and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. He let no one follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this uproar and weep? The girl is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him in ridicule. And uh, Gospel in Luke chapter 8 adds, For they knew she was dead. And when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the girl and those who were with him and entered where the girl was lying. 
He took the girl by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were greatly astonished. And he strictly ordered them to let no one know of it and directed them to give her something to eat. Now, let's look at this. This is, this is loaded. Uh, this friend of mine says he's pregnant with revelation. And we want to we wanna understand it and see how the parable of the sower, which Jesus said, if you don't know this one, you're not going to get any of them. And he only taught in parables, so you had to know this in order to get what he was speaking. And he told us, we have the mysteries of the kingdom of God have been given to us. Now, if we start in Mark 24, uh, we can see that Jesus went with him and a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides to almost to suffocate him. Jesus did what J. Iris asked him to do. We know by extension the Lord wanted him to do this because Jesus only did what the Father told him to do. As such, we know the Father told him to go with Jairus. And we know it was God's will to heal the little girl. Now, Jairus is an interesting fella. He prostrated himself at his feet, at Jesus' feet, and he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. Remember, the faith steps that we talked about, believe BSA, believe, speak, and act. Believe, speak, and act. Okay? Um, he begged him earnestly, saying... His words were coming out again and saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. This was his statement of faith. This is what he is saying, saying in a statement of faith as he's talking with Jesus. Now, he clearly wants to see his daughter raised from the dead or healed. At this point, he doesn't know that she's going to die. But at this point, he wants to, so he speaks it out. And uh, if you remember, we go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. We have the same spirit of faith as, as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. So we believe, therefore we speak. So he believed God, Jesus could do this, and he spoke it out. Now, he outlined the problem and solution clearly, with no ambiguity. I think a lot of times when we go to God, we don't do that. Um, uh, he outlined the problem. Lord, my daughter is lying at the point of death. Um, come, lay your hands on her, and she'll be healed and live. Very clearly spoke what he believed and is expecting it to happen. Now, He believed and then spoke the desired end result. Note in verse 28, this is the same thing the woman with the issue of blood did. Now, let's go on from there. 
there was a woman who had a had a flow of blood. We saw that. And he took care of that. Now we're at 35. After he had taken care of that woman, the death messenger shows up. Satan comes immediately to steal the word which has been sown. Now, he is believing. Jesus said he'd come with him. Let's go back and look at that. So Jesus went with him. Jesus agreed to do it. Okay, the Father had told him to. John 5.19 says, I only do what I see the Father do. So he went with him. Now, as soon as he hears this, listen to this. Doesn't this sound like the enemy? This is just dripping with satanic sarcasm. Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Now, at this point, Jesus, and if you and, and uh, if you look at it and read it in the Amplified, I don't have the Amplified Classic with me, but if you read it, Jesus spun on his heels and said, "Don't be seized with alarm or terrified." Okay, don't be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only believe. Now, these words, these these words that Satan is throwing at him, your daughter is dead. There's not much final. There's 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 no more final words than that. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother him anymore. What was J. Iris's response to that? That's what we want to know. What was his response to that? Well, if you look uh, and listen, he didn't say anything. This is an amazing part about this. He kept his mouth shut. Um, he had spoken what he believed, and he never got off of it. He never got off of it. He just kept his mouth shut. Oh, that we could do that. Oh, that I could do that. I find myself struggling day to day dealing with this very issue, keeping my mouth shut when I should when I should not be speaking, I can't keep my mouth shut. I wish I could tell you otherwise. I'm now I'm making progress. I'm not as bad as I used to be. I'm making progress, but one of the things I found out, as I digress here a little bit, as I followed this, we, we read some of the scriptures where the scripture talks, and I, I mean, we've got, I've got a hundred of them right here where it talks about um, the word of God. And how the integrity of God's word is so powerful. Um, but I know that the, the integrity of God's word is such a, that you have to rely on that. And in order to do that, you have to speak what God says and don't speak what he doesn't say. Chris Valentin, a great line, he says, if you're, if you're speaking for God when he shuts up, you should too. So in this situation... Jairus keeps his mouth shut. But think about the fear. Think about this. I don't have kids, but it's not hard for me to make the leap to see how difficult would this be to understand that your daughter's dead. The enemy's pressing in. We told that little story the other day about uh, Dr. E.V. Hill when when he uh, mama was praying for him to go to uh, college, never been there before. They, they, nobody in his family had ever gone to college. Uh, she gave him five bucks, and when he got to the bursar's office, he only had two left. And a big sign said, 
$83. You got to have $83. And he stood in line and, and the Lord delivered him from that. Didn't have it, the money. They gave him a scholarship. So he hung in there when it didn't look like it was going to work. Jairus has got this same problem. Okay. And Jesus does too. Je Jesus has the same issue because the girl's now dead. And he's got to deal with this. Now, uh, real quick though, let's, let's look at that. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. I wasn't planning on going there, but I feel like the Lord wants me to go there. Let's go look at Romans chapter 4 and let's look at verse um, 16, we're talking about Abraham, okay? Therefore, the promises come through faith that it might be by grace that the promises would be certain to all of his descendants, not only those who are the law, but those who are the faith of Abraham. That's us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He did that when he didn't have a kid, and it was a long time before he ever had a kid, okay? But listen to his response. Listen to Abraham's view of this. I made you father before God whom he believed and who raises the dead and calls those things that are not as though they exist. Call those things that are not as though they exist. It's the basic element of faith. Now, he believed when there was no physical evidence to support his belief other than what God said. Against all hope, he believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. And not being, and so, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body to be dead when he was a hundred years old, nor yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Now, Jairus has to have that same kind of faith, okay? Because he is believing and hoping, and even if he's not, he's not saying what, it, what thoughts are pounding in his head. He didn't say, oh my God, she's dead, now what do we do? He just kept his mouth shut, and even if he had the bad thoughts, he didn't say them, okay? Now, as Jesus comes into this situation... Let's look at this. In verse 37 to 40, and I'll look at this from the Amplified uh, and Classic, he permitted no one to accompany him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they arrived at the house, the ruler of the synagogue, he looked carefully and with understanding at the tumult and the people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had gone in, he said to them, Why do you make an uproar and weep? The little girl is not dead, but she's sleeping. And they laughed and jeered at him. Again, remember what Luke said. They laughed and jeered at him because they knew she was dead. Okay? But he put them all out and taking the child's father and mother and those who were with him, he went in to where the girl was lying. Now, 
Here's an interesting part here. Okay. Jesus, and we we read this in in uh, in uh, Romans. Uh, I read it from the Amplified again. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead, because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. Okay? And Jesus calls things that are not as though they were. So Jesus, believing that God's told him to do this, he's calling things that are not as though they were. Now, one of the interesting parts of that about this parable is if you go back, you remember there's four types of soil. Uh I want to go back and I want to I want to I want to pull them out for you. You go back to the parable of the sower in Mark 4. There's four kinds of soil. Uh, there are those beside the path. There's those on rocky ground. There's those on thorny ground and there's those on good ground, okay? Out of those four things only only 25% of the people, one out of four, actually get the message about the word. Uh, the rest of them hear it, but they don't they don't respond to it. Uh, it gets stolen from them. Doesn't mean that they don't they don't hear the word. Some of them respond immediately, but it gets stolen from them. When heat and the sun rises and scorches them, uh, they get to where they don't believe it and they let it go. Only one out of four. Now, how many disciples does Jesus have? He's got 12. How many of them do he t does he take in with him? Peter, John, and James. Peter and the sons of thunder. He takes them in with him. I think that takes them in because they're getting the message. They are getting the message. Peter wants to know. They, these guys want to know. But these are the three that he took in with him. And he took in only people that believed. You know, mom and dad are going in. And he threw everybody else out. Um, Julie and I had a situation many years ago where a dear friend had cancer. And uh, uh, she had not been saved very long. She was in her early 40s. And she had not been saved very long. But she had a, a really bad cancer. And um, the doctors didn't give her much hope. Well, we went in and told her, you know, God heals people. Uh, there's a lot of testimonies about that. And, you know, God heals people. And here's the words. And, and she was a believer. She just, she was saved. Uh, she just got hit with something that, that, that nobody had talked to her about. Uh, nobody had uh, uh, encouraged her about. She had no training about. And so uh, we would talk to her. And we'd go through the word, and she responded well. Uh, she, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. And and we'd pray with her, and so we kept meeting with her. Well, one time we go to meet with her, and she's very excited about it. But the people that came in behind us had been meeting with her and planning her funeral. Doesn't take long to understand what happened. Uh, she didn't make it. Uh, great gal, and the Lord spoke to me about that. I had, I had, uh, I was upset 
um, I was upset. No, I wasn't upset at God. I was upset that we weren't we weren't able to communicate with her. And um, and the Lord dealt with me about it in a great way. That's another story completely. But the point to be made is, um, you you can't be what James talks about in James chapter one, like a wave going up and down and having uh, what what what's called a duo mind. You can't be a duo person, and ha- and and believe one thing here and one thing here. You you know there is no cognitive dissonance about healing. Well, God heals. God doesn't heal. God heals. God doesn't heal. Um. It's your unbelief that will cause problems here. Now, um, am I saying, and I, this is dangerous ground to walk on, but I think it's appropriate to say it here. Um, is, am I saying that, that they didn't get healed because their faith wasn't strong enough? Well, no, but I am saying this, that Jesus himself tells us reasons why some people don't get things is because their faith, they, 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 they didn't have enough of it they were working to build on it but you know uh, there's some things beyond our reach jesus if, if we're thinking of a baseball game he always got a hit never he never they never struck him out they never walked him uh he got whatever hit they needed if they needed a homer he got a homer triple double single whatever he got what they needed always he's batted a thousand we don't bat a thousand the best that that, that i've heard in my lifetime is ted williams People have maybe had higher batting averages before that, but Ted Williams was the guy that um, was the standard for batting. Said he was the greatest hitter uh, that they'd seen. He batted 406, I think, in 1940 or something like that. 402, 406, somewhere in that area. And since then, the only guy I've seen that even got close to him was George Brett. And he he batted 397. That means six out of every times, uh, six out of every ten times they go to bat, they miss. They, they don't get it. So we're not going to get it right all the time. But understand, faith has a lot to do with it. Do we have the courage to stand in line when the sign says we need 83 bucks? I've got two bucks and I believe God's told me to be here. Do we have enough courage to stay in the boat, trust God when it looks like the boat's going to sink? Do we have enough courage to do these things? When faith demands that kind of a response, well, if you're not familiar with it, and I don't, I don't think I have the. Yeah, I do. Right here. Let me let me show you this book. You need to consider this book. If you haven't read *God Smuggler* by Brother Andrew, boy, you need to. This will give you a shot of faith right directly into your veins, and um, he tells a story in there. My favorite story is when it. Uh, he believed God wanted him to get uh, Bibles into communist countries. And so he bought a Volkswagen, filled it full of Bibles. And here was his prayer. Lord, I don't want anybody to think I'm sharp enough to hide these Bibles so nobody can find them. So you made seeing eyes or blind eyes to see. I'm asking you to make seeing eyes blind. And here's a man, a young man. He's probably 18, 19 years old drove a Volkswagen full of Bibles through a communist checkpoint and they Bibles everywhere. I mean, he'd go to prison for this. They let him in. Seeing eyes were uh, were made blind to get in. And the story about how he did it and many, 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 many other incredible stories of faith 
and success are in this book. I highly suggest that you get it if you can. God Smuggler by Brother Andrew. Okay? But anyway, so it takes that kind of faith. It takes courage to do this, and this is not easy to do. Um, it's like a Super Bowl of faith. You don't start out in the Super Bowl. You start out in high school and practice, and then you work your way up through high school. You work your way through college. You learn how to do it. You take a lot of lumps on the way. You throw a lot of interceptions on the way, but you don't get to the Super Bowl right off the bat. And, and to try to take on Super Bowl kind of faith when you're a high school quarterback, not going to work. So we want to take time and build up to this. And so J. Iris does that. He keeps his mouth shut. And Jesus, they go in and they lay hands on the little girl and she gets well. Now, Jairus had his faith out there. And if you go back and look at verse 35, the death messenger shows up. There's no greater um, problem <laughs> that we face than death. Now, I, it's interesting. I believe that that message was not only for Jairus, but I think that message was for Jesus because in chapter 4, he had a hurricane thrown at him. And his disciples were there. They couldn't get it. But something happened. They, man, you know, what kind of man is this? Maybe we ought to hang around with this dude. So they go across the lake and they see what happens to the, to the blind man. They see what happens to the pigs. And they come back. And they're, they're, they're walking along and they see what happens to this uh, woman here. No wonder he took them in. Not all of them believed him. <coughs> we can go back to Mark chapter 16 and see when he's getting ready to, to uh, you know, leave the earth. Uh, one of the first things he did was rebuke them because they didn't believe he was alive. So my point to be made is when you have your faith out there in the line and it's a you're, you're putting it out there and you're making a stand for God. Satan's going to come and he's going to throw everything he can at you. Now, he threw the big guns at Jesus. They were going to throw him off a hill. Remember that in Luke 4? We talked about that. He came and announced who he was. They are going to throw him off the cliff right off the bat. Couldn't do it. He comes out. He gets in the boat with these guys. A hurricane hits. They can't sink the boat. Now... He's got his faith on the line, and the, the person that he's going to go see is dead. Satan's throwing the every gun at everything he has. Well, Jesus goes in, and as you can see, he puts an end to the problem. He puts an end to the problem. The little girl is raised. Um, everybody was astonished because he was raised. She, The little girl was raised. Now, um, I say these things because the scripture is here to show us that Jesus Christ was the same today, forever, and yesterday. You can see that in Hebrews 13, 8. He's the same today, forever, and yesterday. He's not going to change. And Revelations nineteen ten says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So what he did for this people in the New Testament, he'll do for us. But we have to learn how to walk in faith. And that's what the rest of this uh, uh, training is going to be about as we go into this. Now, um, we'll take another 
brief look at, at some other things that happened to Jesus so you can see this in Jesus' life. Uh, and then we'll proceed to take a look at it in the Apostle Paul's life. We'll take a look at in the Old Testament. Uh, we'll look at uh, Elisha. Uh, we'll look at Elijah. Uh, we'll go back. We'll, we'll deal with Job. And um, I believe that when you put all of these trainings together, when you put all these things together, you're going to get a picture of Jesus and the parable of the sower that you had not seen before. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to sharing it with you. Um, what else do I want to say, Lord? i tell you what. When the Lord quits talking, I should too. So let's go ahead. We'll just pray and we'll wind things up a little bit early tonight. Father, I thank you for your word. We thank you for men like J. Iris. We thank you for that little woman that had enough courage to step out into, into the deep waters of, of, of faith and to move and believe for great miracles, Father. We thank you for Jesus who shows us how to walk in these things. We thank you that he beat Satan at his own game and that he has commissioned us to do the same thing. In John chapter 17, I believe it's verse 18, and in 1 John 3, 8, he said, As the Father has sent me, I send you, and I was sent to destroy the works of the enemy. So, Father, I thank you from the bottom of my heart that you're doing this. I pray for all the people that are listening. I pray that the anointing on the Holy Spirit would be on them in Jesus' name. Amen. And I, folks, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to talking to you again. Um, God bless you and have a great day. Estrela alva brilha em mim Brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver